Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast for parents, coaches, and athletes. The Sportlight refers to the time in an athlete's life when they have increased ability to affect the culture around them and the increased opportunity to learn life's lessons through sports. This podcast aims to help parents and coaches capitalize on their athletes' precious time in the Sportlight. The Sportlight Podcast is brought to you by Especially for Athletes program. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast. We hope that you had a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You should be now two days into your New Year's resolutions if you do that kind of a thing and hope they're going well for you. Hope you have some great goals for the new year and we'll talk a little bit about that at the end of this podcast, but we sure do appreciate all of all of you who joined us as we started our podcast last year for all of those who have who have watched it or listened to it and shared it with others and rated it. Um, It's grown a lot, and we really, really appreciate all of you who have helped bring some attention to it as we try to use just another medium, especially during this pandemic, to do some good. And so thank you for your support of the Sportlight Podcast. And we hope this next year we have some awesome guests lined up this next year and some plans for the podcast, and we're excited for it to continue to move forward and so if you haven't yet we would love you to rate it to share it with others and and to um to leave some comments on the episodes and uh we appreciate also there have been coaches and athletic administrations who have been using our weekly podcast as their their training for their coaches and and some coaches have contacted to uh, contacted us and have listened to episodes with their team or assigned their team to listen to them. And some have had some parents listen to some episodes. And that just means so much to us that, that you would find value in these principles that we feel strongly about and we know you do as well. And so, like we said, just hope you had a great Christmas and a happy new year. And we look forward to more. So... So one of the things we talk a lot about at Especially for Athletes is the power of the Sportlight. As a matter of fact, you know that it's the name of this podcast. It's the name of the book that Dustin and I published together. And we really believe that that spotlight that is placed on athletes that we call the Sportlight gives them increased power. Athletes have an increased power to impact the lives of those around them. But when we go and we meet with young people, we are very clear about the fact that that is a two-edged sword. When Chad Lewis joined our podcast, he talked about that principle of the two-edged sword, you know, that, that while one side of it could cut for good, the other side could be very, very destructive. And just because athletes have increased influence, they have that increased power, it doesn't mean that they always use that in a way that lifts and helps those around them. So let's listen to that. A short portion of that interview with Chad Lewis. The second book is titled The Power of the Jersey, how we all have influence with each other. And that influence is really a two-edged sword of power. It can cut for good or bad. And so, you know, I, I liken it to a football player at a high school who, if he understands that power and that influence, he can do a ton of good. He can lift people's lives. He can help them smile. He can, he can spread light in a way that changes lives. Or 
He can be a punk or a bully or making fun of people all the time. And his power now is using the wrong side of that sword. He's cutting you know, limbs and joints off of people. He's cutting confidence out of people. He's, he's doing great harm and he won't figure it out for years to come. But parents are figuring out right now and they're seeing their kids being destroyed by bullies. And that's not cool. So that image to me of sharing the power of the jersey and what you call the sport light, which I think is such a great term, share your gifts and blessings with other people. Make a conscious decision to be a leader. Make a conscious decision to be nice, to be cool, to understand that you have influence, whether you know that or not, and use that influence to walk down the hallways and lift other people. You don't have to be a phony. You don't have to be a molly about it. But you got to reach out. So maybe you're a quiet leader. You still need to open your mouth. You still need to say some things. And so I wanted to share an instance today where, where someone used the other side of the sword. And as we go into this, I want to be super clear that we don't believe, and especially for athletes, at labeling people uh, with their worst moment. We know that sometimes we all do things that that we aren't proud of, and, and I'm not saying that this person who did this that we're going to talk about is is not proud or remorseful for, for what they said, but it does illustrate the point that when you have the sport light, whether you're a high school athlete or an NBA all-star, an M NBA all-time great, if you use your sport light, to say cutting things or do cutting things. It, it cuts deeper. It hurts more. And so one instance of that, there was this young man, uh, an eighth grade kid, who had a move that he did go viral. Uh, at the time of, of this podcast, it had 5.6 million views. And it's obvious from this young man's video that was posted uh, by a, an account Let's see, the account is Overtime, um, that this is a very talented 8th grade young man. And he does this move, which, you know, some would say is, is illegal. I think it would be called in a game where he goes behind his back and he switches from one hand to, to another. And, uh, and then he ends up missing the shot. But, but it's just a pretty, it looks pretty sweet when he does it. And uh, so the 8th grader did that. And let me just read an article in the New York Post that was written about it that illustrates this point that because athletes are in the spotlight, as we call it, that their words either help more or hurt more. So here's the article. An eighth grader was hurt after Kevin Durant attacked his move on Twitter, seemingly out of the blue. Now remember, this is an eighth grade kid. Knowing the internet, one may think the middle schooler dished out hate to Durant but couldn't take it in return. Instead, it was actually a circumstance where the net star took a random shot at a kid's viral highlight video. After the social media account Overtime shared a move of 13-year-old Jaden Moore from suburban Minneapolis, Missing a turnaround jumper after a couple crazy dribbles, Durant tweeted this crap, he doesn't use that word, uh, 
starts with shh, <laughs> stinks. Responding to someone who told him that it was just a kid, Durant tweeted, it's about habits, man. So it seems to be there's some, some good motive here. Maybe Durant saw some real talent in this young man and saw that this was an illegal move and was trying to encourage him, right? But, but maybe he could have been more careful about how. So the article goes on. Durant's tweets caused a massive pile-on, and now the video has been viewed over 5 million times. Jaden, the young man, told USA Today that he was hurt and confused by Durant going after him. Like, what made him, this is a quote from this young man, like, what made him take time out of his day to say something negative instead of encouraging me or telling me what really needs to be done and then texting me privately or something like that, Jaden said. Jaden's mother, Valletta, told the outlet that she had instructed her son not to take the criticism personally. I was going to tweet, Why is KD being so mean? It's the week of Christmas, she said. There's almost an immaturity with them to take the time to even go on Twitter and look at that and comment, added Jaden's coach. In fairness to them, I'm sure they're trying to create what they see as a better basketball, people sharing, and maybe they're making... And maybe they're making a comment trying to say that but they just got to realize who they're saying it to. An eighth grade young man, that was his coach. Novak added that Jaden's, Jaden is a very unselfish player. Jaden, who had seen the move on Instagram and bet his father $10 he could execute it in a game, ultimately responded to Durant on Twitter. I love his response. Thanks for the constructive criticism, that's debatable. Jaden tweeted, I've grown from my sixth grade year. Maybe we can work on some stuff together. All love. Hopefully I can get to where you are at one day. Hashtag keep grinding. Durant clearly has some extra time on his hands as he's in the NBA's COVID protocol. On Wednesday, it was announced that he would miss his team's third straight game. Now, the point that maybe we would make here is not to say that Kevin Durant is a bad person. He's done some incredible things that could be highlighted in a positive way on this as a wonderful example of someone using their sport light for good. But this, you know, millions of people commented on that young man's move. Thousands of people. And their comments, probably even the negative ones, would roll off that young man's back, right? But when it's Kevin Durant, one of the all-time great basketball players, whatever he said was going to have a powerful effect. But that doesn't mean that it would have a powerful effect for good. In this case, in Jalen's own words, the young man's own words, it hurt. Now, some... Some might be listening to this and saying, well, you know, constructive criticism does sometimes hurt. But I don't know if that was constructive criticism. 
What if Durant would have reached out and tweeted this, for example, or replied in this way? Hey, it's obvious that you have talent, young buck. Make sure you're developing really good habits and practicing things that will help you get better. Sometimes these moves, though they look cool, are not useful. Spend your time doing some other things because you're super talented, I can tell. Could you imagine the impact that that would have on that young man? But when you just tweet something like, this crap sucks, you know, it, it really, or this, this crap stinks, it cuts deep. And the, the brighter the spotlight, the deeper that that cuts. And so that's what we try to teach young people as we go around and meet with them at their schools, right? That we'll often say things like uh, a compliment from anyone at the school helps someone feel good. Whether it's fair or not, though, a compliment from a uh, star athlete at the school is more powerful. On the other hand, a criticism or someone mocking someone else, if it comes from just a kid at school, it hurts. If it comes from someone with major influence at the school, like a star athlete, it hurts more. So we often tell athletes that they don't have the power to turn off their sport light. And some would say, hey, man, I didn't ask for it, <laughs> right? Like, I didn't ask for it, but I would quote right now, Spider-Man is in theaters. And you all know the great quote from, from Spider-Man's uncle. With great power comes great responsibility. So an athlete maybe hasn't asked to have a great influence. But that doesn't matter. They have it. And the better athlete they are, the higher they climb in athletic ranks, the more powerful their influence becomes. So recognizing that and realizing that that you have that influence as an athlete or as a person in a position of power. It doesn't matter whether you want it or not, you have it. And with that power comes great responsibility. A responsibility to lift people with that power. To make things around you better with that power. And not cut people down with that power. So recognizing that you have that power is really, really important. But then consciously, intentionally using that power for good is equally as important. So I, I had this, uh, this experience that I had come to mind where a couple years ago, I was driving my car and I came down to a stoplight and I stopped at this stoplight and a car was coming the opposite direction and I didn't know if my depth perception was off. I didn't know what was going on. And, uh, but this car, I was thinking, man, th th 
is that car in another lane or is it going to hit these other cars? And right as I had that thought, just boom, this car plowed into the car in front of it. And I saw the lady in the car that got hit just bounce around the car. And uh, as that occurred, I, I hopped out of the car. I pulled over to the side and I ran and and uh, a young man that I knew was an off-duty police officer, and he was there, and and he ran up to the car, and I mean, the lady was very, very badly injured in the car in in front. And I said, hey, what, what can I do? And he said, well, you go check on the car behind us. Make sure they're okay, I need to attend to this lady. And so I ran to the car behind, and uh, the lady was texting, and she was driving, and uh, and she had hit the car in front of her, and because she had her hand on the steering wheel and didn't have time to react, it had, it had broke her arm, and her arm was in a V. And and I could tell, you know, that she was hurt as well. But in the car was this little blonde girl, and she the little girl was hysterical and scared, and so. In, in the middle of this, I asked the lady, would, you, would it be okay if I held your daughter? And she said, please, please do. And so I rolled down the window and this little girl, who looked a lot like my daughter at the time, blonde hair, blue eyes, just this really cute little three, four-year-old girl that was the same age of, as my youngest daughter at the time. She came and she laid her head on my shoulder and was just, just crying. And I was able to calm her down a little bit. But what she kept saying over and over again just was a little haunting to me. She kept saying, my, my daddy is going to be so mad at my mommy. And so I you know, said, well, it's okay. He'll be happy you're okay. And she said, no, he's going to be so mad at my mom. And so I... Uh, you know, was trying to comfort her and tell her that it would be okay. And then she said, he's going to hurt my mommy. And I said, oh, he's not going to hurt your mommy. Your mom's going to be okay. The ambulance is going to help. And then she, she told me, he's, he's, he hurts my mommy. So, so I was, you know, realizing that there was something maybe going on, some domestic violence issues here, and I did report that to the police officer, and he gathered that from, from talking to the lady later. But, but when this father came on the scene, I, I don't know how to explain it other than to say that in every way possible, this guy was trying to display that he was a tough guy. I mean, I don't want to be stereotypical here, but he had just this raised truck, blaring music when he pulls up to the accident scene. By the time he got there, ambulances and fire trucks were there. More police officers were there. I'm holding this little girl. She had been checked out by the ambulance, and her mom asked if I would hold her until the dad got there. They were putting her arm in an air cast and things like that, getting ready to transport her. And he, he jumps out of his truck and he comes up to the scene. And I mean, he's just like walking, looking around like he's angry at the world. And, you know, I hope I'm not judging the guy too harshly because he, uh, 
obviously was in a scary moment there as well. But but he walks up and his daughter said something. We've mentioned this in a previous podcast, but his daughter said something that highlights this point of with power, with toughness, with strength comes responsibility, the Spider-Man principle. When she saw her dad arrive on the scene, she buried her head in my shoulder and she said, oh no, my daddy is here. And this guy walked up to the, to the scene and he looked at me and the first words he said to me was, give me my effing daughter. And she began to cry and hesitantly went to her dad. But scared. She was scared. And in that situation, I mean, I, I felt the responsibility, of course, as all of you listening to this probably would. And I said, hey, just FYI, the thing that she's most scared of in this situation is you. Look around, man. There's broken bones. There's blood. There's ambulances. There's police officers. There's tow trucks. And she's most afraid of you. And as I drove home that day, the thing that was on my mind was the fact that, you know, you could be a strong person. You could be a person of influence. But if you don't use that strength to make those around you feel safer, if you don't use that strength to do good, it would be better for you not to have it. The spotlight is a powerful thing. And it begins when kids are young. They have influence. A great sixth grade athlete has influence at their middle school. And we encourage athletes to keep their eyes up and to recognize that they have that sport light and to keep their eyes up and to do the work. To keep the eye, their eyes up looking for opportunities to lift. And then when they see it, to take those opportunities. And thousands of athletes around the country are doing just that. They wear a wristband that says, eyes up, do the work. And they live their life that way. But when an athlete loses sight of the power that they have, they can hurt people. And anyone in this world can hurt people, but athletes, for some reason, are given greater power. And the better they are, the greater power they have. And so when they do things like little stupid comments on an Instagram post, it hurts. A sly remark in a high school classroom or hallway hurts. But when you flip that around, an encouraging comment from a a star like Kevin Durant, and he probably has done this thousands of times, is more powerful and more encouraging. And a powerful comment or an encouraging comment or a compliment from from a young person who uh, is a star athlete uh, is more powerful. It, 
It also reminds me of a story. We had a young lady come speak at one of our banquets. Her name was Megan. This was a young lady who tried to take her own life by jumping out of a car while it was going down a freeway, and miraculously she survived and has gone on to, done some, to do some incredible, incredible things. But this girl was a beautiful girl, captain of a cheer team in her high school, just a wonderful, wonderful young lady, but she was dealing with serious anxiety and depression. And she told a story of one day walking through the hallways and, and as she was experiencing these things like suicidal ideation and things like that. There was a, a star athlete at her school, a football player, who walking by her in a hallway when she was having these thoughts that, oh man, I feel like I can't go on, you know. She talked at our banquet about this young man who came up to her and just all, all he said to her was, Hey, Megs, cool shoes. You look nice today. In passing, a comment. She talked about how that comment resonated with her and buoyed her up for, for weeks. Because this young man in the spotlight with great influence recognized her. So athletes, as you begin this new year, and parents and coaches, I think we, it's something we need to teach over and over again, the power of the sport light for good or for bad. It can lift like a hydraulic lift with so much power. It could lift people or like a super sharp sword. It could cut people to their core. And maybe it would be good to watch Spider-Man. It's a good one. I've seen it. And to teach that principle with great power, with that sport light, comes great responsibility. And so, so we hope that you'll remember that. Now moving on to a new topic. New topic. New Year's resolutions. So there's a couple of, uh, of little things that we have posted and we've shared in previous podcasts that we thought was, was relevant here. So maybe... Maybe just a couple. I want to post a, a few TikTok videos that we've done that might give you some encouragement as you look forward to the new year. And so thank you so much uh, for, for using your sport light in a good, powerful way to lift people. And let's, let's listen to a few of those who might give you some encouragement as you move on to your New Year's resolutions. What's up, everybody? I hope a story and lesson from Will Smith's life will be as helpful to you as it was to me when I heard it. As a young child, Will's father made him and his brother tear down and rebuild a brick wall in front of their father's business. At first, it seemed like an impossible task for the little boys, but they persisted, and though it took them a long time, they finally completed the task. Will Smith, who, as you know, has gone from goofy rapper to sitcom star to the most bankable actor in Hollywood, shared what this experience taught him. He said, you don't try to build a wall. You don't set out to build a wall. You don't say, I'm going to build the biggest, baddest, greatest wall that's ever been built. You don't start there. You say, I'm going to lay this brick as perfectly as a brick could be laid. 
And you do that every single day, day after day, and soon you have a wall. That is a great lesson. The wall was overwhelming to these young boys, but the brick? Well, they could do a brick. And especially for athletes, we encourage our athletes to win the hour. If you are winning the hour, it means that you are identifying in each segment of each day what should be your top priority and then giving your best effort to that thing. That's how you win it. If you master this skill, you will have a much more successful and balanced life. It also helps us to feel less overwhelmed. Going back to Will's story, think of each hour of the day as if it represents a brick. Lay it perfectly, hour after hour, day after day, and soon you will have built yourself an incredible life. Too many of us are addicted to the words tomorrow, or yesterday, or even later. These words are the thief of progression. All you are guaranteed is right now, this very moment. What would be the most valuable thing for you to do with this hour? Go do it. Lay that one brick perfectly, and then do the next one. Right now is the best time to start. So keep your eyes up and do the work. Now, not tomorrow. It has always been interesting to me how two people or groups of people can experience the same circumstance but react in such different ways. One uses it as motivation, one uses it as an excuse. The truth is, all of us are going to be wronged, used, and falsely accused, and some way more than others. We're all going to experience the unfairness of life and will watch people receive things they did not deserve for good or for ill. Many of the circumstances we will face in life are out of our control, but one thing will always be within our control, the way we respond. When we face difficult circumstances, we have a choice. Are we going to have a victim's mentality or a victor's mentality? Those with a victim's mentality blame their problems on other people. They seem content with remaining in bad situations as long as they have someone or something to blame it on. They use all of their imagination, ingenuity, and effort to formulate excuses. The problem with having a victim's mentality is that those who have it may continue to have a poor quality of life. They will just have a great excuse for why their life is bad. And great excuses will never lead to a fulfilling life. Having a victim's mentality is one of the most menacing of mediocrity's traps. We cannot get caught in it and lead a fulfilling life. Victors, on the other hand, happen to life. They do not let life happen to them. They use their imagination, ingenuity, and effort to formulate solutions, not excuses. They set goals and work to achieve them in spite of the injustices or setbacks of life. They let failure become their fuel. They are not doormats. They confront and conquer the injustices of life, but they do so in the right way through crucial conversations and work not through pouting and whining and blaming. Given the choice between having a great life or great excuses for a substandard life, I will choose the former. I hope that I can act as a victor and not a victim. I say this with full recognition that life is not fair and that there are injustices and that some people experience circumstances that are not their own fault. 
The point is that we should not accept those circumstances, but we should have an attitude that will allow us to conquer the injustices and setbacks of life. Great people have done it in the past, and great people continue to do it now. And you and I can too. So let's keep our eyes up and do the work. Let's not give in to our circumstances. Let's conquer them. Let's be a victor. Fear is a poor chisel with which to carve out tomorrow. I do not deny the reality of our situation. I deny the finality of it. Those are the words of the character of Anne Frank in Andy Andrews' book, The Traveler's Gift. I just read it and finished it. It's awesome. You should pick it up and read it too. In the book, the main character is magically transported into seven key points in history. At each location, he meets and learns important life lessons from historical figures such as Abraham Lincoln, Anne Frank, King Solomon, Harry Truman, and others. It is meeting with Anne Frank, the young Jewish girl who is in hiding from the Nazis. Her character said those words I quoted previously, and they hit me deep and have stuck with me ever since I read them. Here they are again. Fear is a poor chisel with which to carve out tomorrow. I will have a tomorrow. They call me a Pollyanna. They say I live in a dream world, that I do not face reality. That is not true. I know that the war is horrible. I understand that we are in terrible danger here. I do not deny the reality of our situation. I deny the finality of it. Wow, what a statement. I do not deny the reality of our situation. I deny the finality of it. That, my friends, is a powerful and hope-filled statement. To move forward, we must accept the reality of our situations. So you're in debt, or you are addicted, or you have a job that you hate, or you have not been treating your family as well as you should and have damaged relationships, or you're not trying hard enough to be successful in school and currently have bad grades, or you're not good enough to make your high school sports team, or you're not playing as much as you hoped you would. That is your reality. And there is something beautiful and calming about taking a deep breath and accepting the reality of our situations. But it is even more beautiful when we do not accept the finality of our situations. Accepting the reality of our situation allows us to come up with a plan instead of an excuse. Not accepting the finality of our situation gives us hope. And hope is the fuel of progression. So let's accept the reality of our situations by being completely honest with ourselves and weeding out the excuses we have told ourselves that enable us to comfortably remain where we are. Let's not accept the finality of our situations by learning what we need to learn, doing what we need to do, and making the hard decisions that sometimes we're fearful of making in order to get into a better situation, because fear is indeed a poor chisel with which to carve out our futures. You can do this. You do not need to remain where you are forever. You are not finished yet. So keep your eyes up and do the work. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining the Sportlight Podcast. Just a reminder, we, we post messages like that all the time on all of our social media channels. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and we're Twitter. Wherever you're on social media, we try to share these uplifting messages, and so you can follow us at, especially for athletes. That's our handle on each one of those. On Twitter, it's E4A Family. We appreciate you so much joining the Sportlight podcast today. Go out and use your Sportlight to do some good and to lift some people 
and help some people this new year. If you're someone listening to this that would like us to come visit your team or your club, we will go visit any size team, any age team, any group of coaches. We'll hold parent meetings. You just reach out to us and let us know. And we would love to come and and talk to whoever would, would listen to us. So keep your eyes up, do the work, and have a great new year. This has been the Sport Life Podcast from Especially for Athletes, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You can learn more about Especially for Athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org. You can also learn more about the book, The Sport Light, by Shad Martin and Dustin Smith at especiallyforathletes.org slash book.